I knew though that, that we're not our thoughts and we're not our emotions and we're not our bodies. I had known that from, cause I've been meditating since I was in my late teens, but I still didn't know what I was. It's like, well, if I'm not all those things, what am I? What are we? Because if it's a good thing I'm not my mind or my emotions or my body, because none of those are working very well. Right? <laughs> <laughs> What's up everybody? I'm your host, Patrick Cook. Welcome to Being. Being is a place where we gather to explore some of life's most difficult questions. What does it mean to lead a meaningful life? What does it mean to live a life of purpose or on purpose? How do we make sense of the world? Really what we're asking is, what the hell is going on? My intention with this podcast is to explore what it means to be human in the modern world through the lens of creativity, consciousness, and personal development. Through authentic conversations with a wide array of guests, including artists, intellectuals, scientists, visionaries, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders, Being ventures to make collective sense of an increasingly complex world with the unifying goal of building a sustainable future for all. As humanity continues to march full steam towards extinction, we can no longer afford to simply ask, what is best for me? The question now must become, what is best for me and the whole simultaneously. And so, dear audience, I want to inspire you to take full responsibility, to find your purpose, and to engage your evolution as a conscious agent. I challenge you to live your being. If you're enjoying the content, please do subscribe to the show and get a new episode delivered directly to your device every Friday. And as always, I love hearing from you. So please do rate and review the episode on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or whichever platform you prefer. Also, I'm proud to announce that the show is now available on YouTube. And you can also follow us on our new Instagram page, at Being with Patrick Cook. For show notes and more information, head on over to being-podcast.com. Now, on with the show. My guest today is Laura Shaw. Laura is a mindfulness coach, meditation teacher, and a Leela certified clinical hypnotherapist based in Golden, British Columbia, Canada. She offers her clients the presence of a quiet mind and an open heart, which facilitates their own awareness of where they are painfully caught in the limitations of egoic identity and of the possibility of accessing the deeper, more conscious truth that is always present. Laura is passionate about supporting others in discovering their own capacity to live with mindful awareness so they can find healing, empowerment, and fulfillment in their lives. Laura Shaw, welcome to being. Laura Shaw, welcome to being. Thank you for being here. Oh my gosh, thank you. I'm so happy that we're finally connecting. I know. So just so the audience knows, Laura and I um, know each other through a mutual friend named Lex Scully. Uh, we connected many, many years ago. We're thinking 20 years ago. Uh, like and even more, like we it met might have been even more. more than that. 
Yes. Uh, and we've sort of been orbiting each other's uh, trajectory from afar, threatening to get together for a conversation, which we booked for today. And just when we got on, I'm like, wait a minute, we should be recording this for a podcast. And so here we are, completely unrehearsed, completely raw and vulnerable. Laura Shaw, welcome. Mm, thank you. <laughs> so what is going on with you? I've been following your trajectory from afar. Like, tell me, tell me, tell me. What's going on? Uh, well, uh, gosh, where do we even start? I'm in Golden, BC. Okay. And I've been here since 2006. Okay. And I think for me, when I had, I had twins when my daughter was two. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I lost the plot. <laughs> <laughs> As you do. <laughs> like, I think I just, I was just breastfeeding and crying all the time. Tandem, tandem breastfeeding. Just like I, and I really, I really actually felt like I was losing it. I mean, I think I did lose it. Like I was so tired and so off. And I remember thinking, I need, like, I need to wake up. Right. I need to, I don't want a secret mantra. I don't want. A yoga pose, even though I love mantra and I love yoga <laughs> and I highly recommend both. <laughs> but at that moment, I was like, I, I need to find a deeper ground here because mm. none of this is working. And so and, what, what did you do next? Like, what, what does it mean for you to wake up? How did you know what that even meant? How did you know there was more? I didn't. I didn't really know. I mean, I didn't even really, I didn't even really know about like enlightenment. I always had put that in a whole other right. category, a whole other continent. Right. Totally. That's for Buddha and shit in the East. And and finding a guru. And, and, <laughs> yeah. it, and it just seemed, I was like, I just, I knew though that, that we're not our thoughts and we're not our emotions and we're not our bodies. I had known that from, cause I've been meditating since I was in my late teens. Oh, wow. Okay. But, but I still didn't know what I was right. like, well, if I'm not all those things, what am I? What the hell am I? That's the age old question, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> what am I? Not even who am I? That's almost even too, too yeah. much for me. Just what, what am I? What are we? Yeah. What are we? Because if it's a good thing I'm not my mind or my emotions or my body because none of those are working very well. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and then we build these identities like mom or husband or provider or, you know, things that we attach to and that we think that's who we are, these identities. Yeah. And then we get to middle age and then we realize we're none of those things and then it's usually... <laughs> A full, but that's what a midlife crisis is, you know, and I definitely had one. I'm like, yeah, I'm like what? I'm none of those things. Who the hell am I? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and the effort to hold up any, any of that identification, mm. the effort. And I remember doing a beautiful session with Kath Jeffries. Oh, right. Okay. You know, Kath and Amy Jeffries. Uh, that sounds familiar. They're Refresh camp, me. They're camp people, but Kath wrote a book um, uh-huh. on awakening in education. Cool. And she's, and I did a session with her and I remember talking about my, at that time I was working as an academic instructor at the college of the Rockies here. Okay. 
and we did a session and it was really revealed that that was so much about identity, right? Like having a role that was, um, yeah, something that could be acknowledged. And I was hanging on to that and it was so humbling. Mm. Wow. And yeah. so, so what were the next steps going from? So the next step <laughs> was I, I met Gangaji and Eli Jackson Bear. And these are teachers that are, they're very, um, very clear, self-inquiry, really asking the question, what, what is here? Mm. Like really very direct. Well, what is going on? What's here? And just coming to that, those deeper layers mm. of the reality that's actually here, not the one that we're constantly playing out in our mm. head. Wow. <clears throat> and how do you tell the difference? That's, that's the question, <sighs> right? Because there's so much that seems real, but it's illusory. And then coming to something that feels meaningful, that feels like true is it's difficult to get to that point, you know, and yeah. to, re to really trust it too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I, in working with them and learning from them and I've since gone through their Eli's school in Ashland, Oregon, and that's sort of the work, part mm. of the work that I'm doing now with clients. Okay. But one of his teachings that's coming to me now is anything that comes and goes is that's not, that's not the absolute truth. Mm. Not that it's not valid or important mm -hmm. and it's even real, but not the absolute truth. Right. So any emotion that comes through, that's real we experience that, but the stories we're telling ourselves about ourselves because of that emotion, mm. um, that's, that's where we can look. That's where the inquiry can happen and say, okay, I am actually telling a story here uh -huh. with me at the center of it. And that already should be a clue that, you know, there's something yeah. we can really be even more truthful about. Yeah. And then once you start be to become aware of the stories and there are so many of them and usually most of them are negative, like negative self-talk stories around self-worth or doubt or fear or, you know, a million different things, you realize that there's uh, an opportunity to change them and replace them with more empowering stories about yourself or the world, right? Yeah. yeah and even, even before replacing them i would say that that mindful awareness to call ourselves on it like recognize that that right. story is happening and like you said they're usually really painful right. and so it's it's an opportunity to actually like attend to that mm. and look at that narrative and acknowledge the pain of that and then mm. a new story might come out but it might not even be needed right and I think the reason a lot of people do not do this work is because it is so painful to look at yourself in that way and to to face your pain or your trauma or your fear. Um, and so they avoid it. Like, it. like I was talking about earlier in the midlife crisis scenario, when you re recognize you're none of these identities, but wait a minute, who, I, who am I? There's a certain... Um, 
panic that comes in when you have to look at yourself at those deep layers because you intrinsically know, inherently know that you're going to uncover darkness or fear or pain. And we're like, fuck that. I don't want to look at it. Right. So I'm just going to pretend like this isn't happening. I'm going to, you know, buy myself a sports car or, you know, go on a drinking binge or whatever it is to distract yourself from facing. Yes. Yes. We're terrified of what we're going to discover. And, and I think for me that, you know, the Enneagram is a big part of this Mm. teaching as well. So learning about the Enneagram, which really is a very powerful tool for self-inquiry personality types and traits, right? Is that what that is? Yeah. It's, it's like, I mean, there's lots of different interpretations of Mm. the Enneagram, but, um, character fixation. So really these, these egoic patterns that we can actually learn about, and then we can actually overhear ourselves playing out. Right. (laughs) And so once you kind of learn about the Enneagram and then you hear yourself or you feel, you know, for me, my fixation's probably similar to yours that we move towards right like we you know we move towards others and so now when i catch that i can just stop so it's more so it's more vulnerable and it's more real so you're not interacting with my fixation Mm. you're not interacting with that skill Mm. that i've developed over a lifetime to make things smooth and easy right right but instead it's like no i'm gonna i'm gonna unveil a bit and right and just this is what you get (laughs) (laughs) wow what a what a journey and a process it is of self-discovery and personal development and like it's it it, like I said before, it's so it can be so painful and challenging, but it's so rewarding. Like when you peel back those layers, and you get to something that is that feels true and essential and grounded and rooted in something. You know, it's like that knowingness. Like wow, that is so powerful. And then when you begin to operate from there, and like you said, you do, you know, you let go of those um, illusory masks that we wear and you just allow yourself to be yourself it's like that is pure freedom there's pure freedom in that yes anything right? else is shaky ground <laughs> totally. it's, not, it's not sustainable <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that's where most people live is on that shaky ground which is why they're so you know uh caught up in the in the seasons and the climate it's they get pushed around by any gust of wind you know you don't yeah. have that solid foundation so you get triggered so easily. And so your life is a roller coaster and you never feel like you have any solid ground. It's like, fuck, I, that was me for 45 years of my life, you know? <laughs> yeah. And you, Pat, I really, I mean, you've gone through such a transformation and I know Certainly what have. our life was like. I know what the culture of our yes. social life was like. We back were partiers. I was a partier. I can't speak for you, but I was a partier. But I, like, like I say, is I was never never uh, a violent or dramatic drunk you know i was party patty you know i was the life of the party i was like yeah. let's celebrate life kind of vibe but underneath all that i was hiding i was hiding from pain pain and and fear and stuff i didn't want to look at you know until i got to a point you know in my early 40s where i'm like wait a minute you know the alcohol is catching up with me it's starting to you know ruin my body it's ruining my relationships my emotional stability my finances i'm like okay this cannot continue what is it i don't want to look at and so 
you know, once you have the courage to say, okay, there is stuff. And I knew, I knew from childhood, I knew from childhood, there was something so powerful about me, but it scared the shit out of me because it meant taking full responsibility. It meant showing up vulnerably. It meant, you know, going out in the world and risking criticism and ridicule and scrutiny. And it's like, all that is like way too scary. I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna go have some beers with my boys and just not deal with it, you know? And so that went on for my whole life until I got to a place where I'm just like, okay, I need to fully go inside and look at this and just, you know, remove all the distractions, all the alcohol, everything that I've been using as numbing out agents or crutches and just really tune into what it is that's, you know, I'm afraid of or what I was running from and stop running. And the most beautiful part is once you do that, once you turn inward and you look with, you know, and this is what I, with my clients, you have to be careful not to look because uh, with guilt or shame or judgment, because that's very easy to do. You have to look with compassion and love and curiosity, you know, and if you can manage to do that, what you uncover is like, okay, it wasn't really that scary. It's just a, it's my inner child or something happened when I was a kid that was a survival, survival mechanism you know, that stayed in my unconscious until adulthood that I never really took a second, second look at. And now I have an opportunity to shine the light of my awareness on it and heal it or transmute it or release it. And like I said, that's where true freedom comes in. So yeah, that's kind of been my journey. Oh my gosh. And did you do that on your own or did you have, I mean, I know you have such a beautiful web of people around you but yes exactly it um, work yeah the it was i never did a 12-step program if that's what you're referring to with the alcohol part i did it by myself but like you say i had you know friends mentors coaches plant medicine you know my own practices all sort of supporting me in ways externally to you know really ground me into it but you know it's it's a it's a individual practice though you have to go through it by yourself Mm -hmm. uh, which is terrifying, you know, but uh, mm -hmm. again, I encourage everybody to do it because it's so rewarding. And on the other side is magic and freedom and peace and joy. doesn't mm -hmm. mean you're not going to have challenges or you're not going to be scared or there's not going to be anxiety. All that's just part of life. But the way you respond to it is, you know, uh, different fundamentally, right? It's so different. And, and I think yeah. we somewhere along the line, we get the belief that we don't have the capacity mm. to handle the grief or the shame or the guilt or the yeah. fear or whatever comes up. And I mean, it's true that we're culturally, we kind of, even though it's changing now, we, we kind of stay within a certain spectrum. <laughs> totally. <laughs> right. Yes. And so we're, we're taught that anything that's outside here is like, no go zone no go zone <laughs> but actually we do have the capacity just like and i love that you brought up inquiring with compassion mm, so and important. love and curiosity and that's it and that's yeah. that's the other part of what i've been doing a lot of is teaching mindfulness yeah. and self-compassion cool and so the, needed so needed in this world because we attack right like yeah. anything that we perceive to be flawed yeah the initial response is to attack it. But mm. as soon as we bring in that tone of, well, what is this? Yeah. Curiosity, right? Yeah. And you start listening. And that's what I, we, I talk about with emotions is when you feel 
a quote unquote negative emotions, things that are uncomfortable, the, the first thing you want to do is just push them away. It's like, oh, I don't want to deal with that. That's scary, uncomfortable, painful. But if you allow it to sit and you, you, you allow it to be there, um, first of all, it dissipates more quickly, the anxiety or whatever it is. But second of all, you, you're able to distill the wisdom of why that emotion is there in the first place. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And even reframe the experience of that emotion and the mm. way we relate to it. Like, you know, it's actually these things that we're so afraid to look at when we're really with them. Mm. Like you're saying, there's wisdom there and there's beauty there. And mm. then you said too before that you always knew there was something powerful about you, but you, it was too much or something and yeah. you hit it. Yeah. And that when you actually look and you're like, oh my God, there's a sun in there. <laughs> <laughs> there's a bright shining sun in there. <laughs> totally. Totally. <laughs> that yes. I've been hiding and rejecting and yeah. judging and. But yeah. It's like but then the next question is, where do we learn that? You know, why, why are we scared to, to show that part of ourselves, you know? And for me, it was like, you're born into a system that, that, um, you know, if you're born in a hospital, you're vaccinated, you go into school, all of these things are programming you to be compliant and not shine your light too brightly and just be part, a good member of society. Right. And so you learn very quickly, very early that some parts of you, some behavior is acceptable and some aren't. You know, yeah. and for me, growing up Irish Catholic is like, okay, you you don't want to shine too brightly because you'll overshadow other people, and that's egotistical, and that's vain, and those are sins, right? Yeah. And that yeah. and that I internalize that. I'm like, okay, I gotta I gotta yeah. tank this down. I can't shine too brightly. I'm gonna you know get myself in trouble and attract attract attention. I don't want to do that, you know. So I learned very quickly to cover it up. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This is this conditioning and and. I mean, religious, certainly, but mm. from so many other places, too. We just internalize it as truth. Yeah, exactly. Even if we're working on it. Even those of us that are working on waking up and deepening, we are still governed by conditioning. Totally. Oh, my God. I've spent years peeling back my conditioning. And it's just like an onion. There's another layer and another layer and another layer. And it just keeps going. You know, but that's part of the fun. You know, it's like we never stop growing. We never stop evolving. We never stop learning and just being okay. Or, and in that uncertainty or this, that discomfort or not knowing, you know, we have to just be okay with it because so many, yeah. so many of us are striving for control or certainty or security or safety. And those are all illusions. Don't, those don't exist in nature, right? Fundamentally. So yeah. it's like, we're grasping, trying to attach onto things and it never works. And so we're constantly um, feeling ungrounded. Yes. Right? Yeah. And, and then to discover we do have the capacity to live with uncertainty. Yes. Actually, exactly. when we really open to that, it's, it is freedom because it's the truth. It's the truth. Exactly. So this is so awesome. I'm, it's so good to see you, first of all, and just to connect with you and then be able to, you know, record this conversation and share it is just so powerful. So thank you for being open to that last minute invitation. <laughs> it's so awesome. Uh, no. I'd, I'd love to hear more about your journey. So breastfeeding two infants, crying, knowing that there's more and you want to wake up. What was next for you? What, how did you move into the next steps? So I started... Well, I started watching Gongaji videos okay. while I was breastfeeding. <laughs> and 
first video that I saw, actually a friend of mine had told me about her years prior and I just didn't listen. Right. I was just like, that sounds like a guru name. Like I rejected <laughs> it to be totally honest. Yeah. I was like, no, I'm not following some. And I think I can have a tendency here is to not be controlled by others. Right. Like I, you know, which is, yeah, <laughs> that can, can come to a detriment for sure. Mm -hmm. But I watched this one video and she just stopped me dead in my tracks. Awesome. I was like, I'm going to listen to this woman. And so I started like, I was like crocheting and breastfeeding and listening to Ganga G and then like <laughs> from a distance trying to like be with my two year old <laughs> and cook scrambled eggs and make a cup of tea. <laughs> I'd like throw a stuffy, like we'd play. Oh yeah. It was just such a crazy time. Oh my God. It was so crazy. But I was so open to those this awareness and she, mm. you know, she is not, um, she, she doesn't even call herself a teacher. Mm. Like her awareness is so deep that she recognizes that she's not above anybody. Mm. And, and, and her, I've never heard her say anything that has brought up any conflict in my body. Mm. And so I was listening and, just getting, feeling something starting to root from that. And then a friend of mine said, I'm going to Maui to go see Gongaji. And I know that like, you don't have, like you probably couldn't make that happen for yourself right now. But what if I paid for your plane ticket and your hotel and you come for a weekend retreat? Wow. And I was like, I can't say no, but how can I say yes? Like <laughs> I have these, like, like I felt like such a mammal. You're really getting the real and raw here. I love it. I love it. Bring it on. Nothing but real and raw on this podcast. I love it. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> the full mammalian. <laughs> uh, and so, so I said, yes. Good for of you. Of course. Of course. And I took a red-eye flight, like I got on a bus from Golden, went to Calgary, took a red-eye flight, and then the next morning, I was at Gangaji and Eli's feet. Wow. And, and I just, it was just so powerful. And at the end of that first day, Eli, at that point, I wasn't even really that aware of. It was Gangaji, who I was there to listen to, and... And, and then Eli's there too. And he led this inquiry at the end of the first day. And there was so little to break through, not because I was like profoundly wise. It was because I was profoundly tired. <laughs> <laughs> it worn down your resistance. <laughs> yeah. Like there was no ego to break through. Right. Cause it was so worn down. Right. And I just remember in that there was this, this feeling that there was all this love coming at me from all directions, like from above me coming at me. And I couldn't, I was like, no, this, this isn't for me. Like this must be for someone else was the mm. experience that I had. Mm -hmm. And then finally there was something in me that was like, okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, like that wall broke. I was like, okay, yes, I'll take right. it. All right. And, yes. And the experience in that moment, and this is an experience that came and went. So back to that question of what is really true. Mm. But this experience of being flooded and simultaneously realizing, oh my God, it's coming from me. Mm. It was like, yeah, it can make me weepy. (laughs) It was so profound. And so that, that experience came and went, but it informed something so deep in me. Mm. And that love was so, um, so out of this world that I remember in that particular retreat, there was this woman who was grieving her daughter and the insight that I had, I, I thought of her in that moment. I was like, Oh my gosh, death, nothing. Mm. (laughs) Piece of cake. Death is nothing compared to this. Like it was so, so deep. And so I, I feel like for me, I've been, even though that experience went and I went back home and I, I carried a bliss for sure for a mm. while, but then I eventually got tired again. And of course, as you do, um, <laughs> but there's been so much more of a receptivity here to really truly inquiring and being open to the possibility that maybe this ego isn't the truth. Mm. Like maybe everything that's believed here can actually be questioned. Mm. Hey, are you feeling lost, frustrated, angry about the state of the world, but unsure what to do about it? I get it. The world is a pretty messed up place right now. Yet in these interesting times of shattered realities, many people are using alcohol to escape and numb their feelings of anxiety, dread, and uncertainty. I know I did it for years. This is why I've made it my mission to support brave souls in mastering their inner world and finding a deeper sense of purpose. To that end, I created Reset 2020. Reset is a personal transformation mastermind group with the intention of resetting your relationship with alcohol and becoming the best version of yourself in an empowering, supportive online community. To check out more about Reset 2020 and to watch my masterclass video, head on over to Go. PatrickCookLife.com. Remember, Cook is spelled with an E, C-O-O-K-E. So it's go.patrickcooklife.com. All right, now back to the show. So that feeling of bliss, that awareness that you had, <clears throat> excuse me, at that retreat, I know it's 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 the tendency is for it to fade and for patterns and life and stress and everything to cover it up again. But I feel like once you've sort of uncovered that layer, there's a knowingness and awareness that you can, you know, you can come back to in moments of, of stress or trying times and just like, okay, I've felt this before, you know, and that's how I encourage um, clients or people to meditate is that that's what it is. It's a practice to coming back to a centered, grounded, grounded, um, space absent of external influence and so when you are out in the world and shit's going crazy you know how to get back to center you've practiced it right so it's a lot easier to to do yeah it's right here it's right there right yeah 
Yeah, it's undoing. Like it's let it's a process of like letting go of everything yeah. we're holding up or carrying and just Yes, surrendering. Yeah. That's been a big word. I actually wrote a full album called Surrender. <laughs> Did you? Oh, yeah. I can't wait to hear it. Oh yeah. At the depths of my, you know, dark night of the soul, at the very bottom, just like I was so grateful that I had that outlet, the creative aspect to to um express the depth of pain that I was feeling, you know, I, I don't know how other people go through this. And again, I'm so grateful that I had it, but I just needed to, to let this out in some way for it to be heard, to be, for it to be put out into the world, you know, and that was part of my healing is to transmute it through the music. And so all, all of my experience, all of the pain went into that album, which was so therapeutic, you know, it's just a, a turning point. And again, I'm so grateful for it. And one of the times we first connected is when you came with a song to my house and re-recorded it probably 25 years ago now or something crazy like that um, for the passing of Michelle Trudeau, who was a mutual friend and called Raven, right? That's what it was called. Do you still yes. have that song? Yes. Oh my gosh. Good for you. Yeah. Good memory. I don't know where that recording went and I can't remember the song. Oh, wow. Which is such a indicator that it really was like you're saying like a way to move with that grief and that loss and we were mm. so young mm. you know a death like that to someone so dear yeah it it really really rocked me yeah yeah wow yeah so how has creativity played a part in your journey yeah yeah, it's funny because I can see how there can be a tendency in the tendency to want to perform mm. and to and there can be a tendency to want to elicit a positive response right. in that. Right. An ego motivation. Is yeah, a bit of an ego motivation. And so I kind of pulled away right. from performing music. Mm. I did perform quite a bit when I first moved to Golden. I was doing some gigs and stuff around town and cool. and it was great. And I love singing harmony. I love, I mean, mm. I love music. Me too. It's such a performance though is a tricky, it's a bit of a trickier thing for me. <laughs> <laughs> tricky on the inside, you mean? Like Yeah, yeah, like... tricky on the inside. I mean <laughs> it's well, actually, no, no, it's free on the inside. Like when I right. really let myself just play and yeah. um, it's there, like the, the love for that and the love for performance is there. But I think I can still, because I had so much social anxiety. Mm. And so getting in front of an audience and just being like, now I can't, it's like the courage to just shine. Yeah, yeah. And be so naked. Yeah. Um, was was challenging for me but i think creativity for me too comes through writing and actually mm. after i went to that first retreat of meeting gangaji and eli i wrote and wrote and wrote and i started a blog and mm. that's awesome put it on my website laurapshaw.com awesome yeah i'll put all these notes uh, in the show notes all these links in the yeah. show notes. yeah that's amazing and that and that helped me integrate this understanding as well like it helped me really deepen in this realization of what I was 
touching that was beyond thought or emotion or physical sensation. Mm. And then, and then so much just grew from that, but I still find writing is, is a place where I can really connect in that, with that artistry that Mm. feels so good to the soul. Yes. Beautiful. That's amazing. Uh, Yeah. No, I echo what you, what you said about performance. Um, I didn't perform for many, many years. And then uh, I started performing again around five years ago. Uh, And it was, it's been such, again, coming back to how creativity was my best friend going through the darkest parts of my life. Cause I, you know, I would show up uh, at a gig and I'd be exhausted. I'd be, you know, in pain. I'd be sad. I'd be in grief, all these emotions present. And I was like, there's no way I can do this. I can't get up there and just like bear my soul and put all this energy out. I just don't, I don't have it. And then I get up there and I do it 10 minutes into the gig, 30 minutes into the gig after that flow of energy started moving through me. It's like, oh my God, this is my, this is my home. This is my, my, like my meditation. This is where I let get to process everything that's been going on. And so the more I felt into that, it's like, okay, the more I can show up in this way vulnerably and shine my light and just be authentic on stage, the more it uh, gives the audience permission to do it for themselves, you know? So there, and that, that to me was just like, okay, I have to keep showing up in this way. And, you know, I've had so much great feedback because you become like a beacon, you know, it's like, it's not like I'm shining my light to Hey, look at me. It's like, this is me real and authentic. If you want to join this energy, your the invitation is open. If you don't totally cool as well, you know, but at least I'm showing up and inviting people in. and the people that do come in, they're just like, yes, I needed this. Thank you. And there's a, a communion, a co-creation in it. And it's like, yes. th- those moments got me through some dark times. So again, yes. I'm so yes. grateful. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah, it's so important to keep that alive. I mean, and I've been obviously raising these three (laughs) three little munchkins. The twins are seven now. Oh, wow. My daughter's nine. Oh, my God. You've been busy. So in that time, it's been like, I mean, the guitar is still out. It might have a thin layer of dust on it. (laughs) Well, we might have to crack it out today if you're up for it. But it's out and the piano... (laughs) And more piano and some music's happening. I mean, it's definitely happening, you know, a few times a week. Good. Awesome. Yeah. Amazing. That's great to hear. It's great. But you're reminding me. Yes. It does. I know. I know what you're talking about. Like when you're just, it's, you're connected to your soul and it opens it up and. Yeah. And actually that just reminded me of uh, a friend, Lindsay Sikornik, who I interviewed on um, episode seven she was going through a difficult time, uh, another person from Toronto, and they were coming down here, uh, thinking about moving here, a lot of other factors going on. And she used to come see me play. And years later, she was a, a fabulous mentor for me, helped me through some very dark times. And she said to, something to me the other day is that when, I didn't even realize I was doing it at the time, but when she was going through her darker, darkest moments and when she come to see me play, she felt so inspired because she could feel my connection to spirit or source, you know, within myself. And it gave her permission to go there in her own journey and her own uh, practice. And so that for me is like, wow, if I can touch one person 
and invite them to go deeper within themselves and to explore themselves on a deeper level. That is like, you know, that's, that's it for me, you know, (laughs) it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And I think I'm so happy we're talking about this because I think people don't explore creativity enough. Mm, I totally agree. You know, it just might not be part of their repertoire. They might not have grown up with it. And yeah, well, it's it's not something. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's, you know, it's not something that, I mean, I value it so much art and music and dance. I mean, dance has always been a big, a big part of my life too. Yeah. And, but culturally we don't necessarily value those things totally off of the line. And yet hearing you talk, it's Mm. like, yes, to, Mm -hmm. to direct people and to offer that and say, even that question, what do you, how are you feeling your creativity? How are you mm, letting that out? Totally. Totally. Uh, yeah, it, it actually went, uh, I was in a, a room on Clubhouse. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Clubhouse. It's the new social media. It's pretty freaking cool, actually, um, oh. because it's just, it's just a bunch of people uh, in a room that and having a live conversation. So I was in a room last night um, with a guy named Adam Roa, who's a, a powerhouse for love and creativity. Uh, I've met him a couple of times. He's incredible. Um, but he was talking about how he believes art and creative expression to be like the technology that's inherent in all of us that is the most powerful thing we can do to shift our consciousness and into awareness. And like you say, in the system we grow up in, creativity and art are viewed as second-class citizens. They're sort of like, oh, if we have time for that, let's focus on the yeah. science and the math and the literacy, or, which are important, obviously. But yes, it's, yes. it's a tragedy that we beat the creativity out of our children by telling them to shut up and sit down and just follow the rules, right? Yeah. And so that was another thing for me is like, okay, I just, I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to get in trouble. I'm just going to do what they tell me. And so your creativity is stifled. And so where one yeah. person might want to, to speak out and to use their voice, they're not encouraged to. And then that trend continues into adulthood and they just abandon it, you know, because yeah. it's not, it's not a, a vehicle to make money. It's not a macroeconomic tool. And that's what we're taught to do is like, be a good citizen, pay your taxes, you know, all that kind of shit. So yeah. yes, it's not, it's definitely not seen as important as yeah. STEM. Yeah, subjects, STEM, exactly. Yeah. You know, and which are important and we're not, neither of us are arguing that, but no, totally. I did a degree in math, you know, I love it. <laughs> I, it was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but yes, I think but it's, I it. it's important to say that I think you know, not everybody's going to be a musician or a writer or a dancer like that's those are some forms of creativity but there you everybody is creative in some way you know and that couldn't mean anything there's so many manifestations of it like even at the fundamental level we're creating our reality by the way the stories that are playing in our head right like the the things that we're saying to ourselves like the thoughts and the actions that we take we are creating our lives so in that sense everybody's a creator Yes. So, you know, and that's kind of been my journey as to what's the relationship between those two, like self-expression and creating your reality and how can we use both of them to create something more true and beautiful and just for ourselves and everybody at the same time. Yes. And (laughs) oh man, I mean, I trust creativity Mm. more than I trust any image Mm. that we produce about ourselves. (laughs) Yeah. You know, the creativity that's here right now 
right. that's vulnerable and intelligent and fully present and yes. not contrived. Yes. Like that is much closer to who we actually are. hundred percent. Like this conversation <laughs> is a co-creation. You know, you, uh, your energy is inspiring me to, and, and vice versa. And it's like a synergy where we're both, you know, um, uh, encouraging new things to arise. And that's, that's the beauty of collaboration in humanity. You know, I think that's something that we're missing deeply is that connection. And even more so through everything that's going on right now, the separation and the isolation is just amplifying that. So coming back to a sense of community and collaboration and creativity is so important right now. It's so important. And that's, I think that's why I was so drawn to reach out to you now because mm. I knew that you you're also supporting other people and it's like okay can I take a peek in your toolkit <laughs> <laughs> totally and vice versa I want to hear more about what you're doing <laughs> yeah, I'm happy well, to share it it's like none of them are secrets it's just I think no. you know I think we're all uh, we're all talking about the same thing when it comes to mindfulness and personal development or what, however you want to describe it. We just have different approaches, different perspectives, different tools, but you're all talking about we're all talking about the same thing, which is to me cultivating self awareness. Yeah, you know, removing the or or becoming aware of the the masks and the conditioning and the programming and the fear and the trauma that's all happening beneath the surface, like really. Yeah coming you know coming alive within ourselves and being aware of everything that's going on and being okay with everything that's going on yeah even the darkest parts of ourselves you know and then operating from that place of grounded healing healed wholeness and moving into the world through there rather than fear or ego or attachment you know and that's so right and it's it's really simple, but it's not easy <laughs> that's right and the effect of embodying that. Mm. It's so powerful, even if nobody ever sees it. Yeah. You know, totally. even if you came into that, and I've seen some of your posts where, you know, you wake up maybe feeling a bit grumpy or off. Mm. Yeah. And and then meditating and inquiring. Mm. Totally. I remember reading one a little while ago about that. Yeah. And then and so let's say, let's say you didn't leave your house all day, mm. but you stayed in this embodiment of mm. clarity and fully accepting any emotions mm. that were there. So it might not be light, yeah, but it's rich. It's rich. <laughs> That's very well said. It's rich. All right. <laughs> it's rich. <laughs> might not be light. Yeah, no. And you're totally right. Like this week, I've actually, I'll be honest with you, had some of the most debilitating anxiety of my entire life. You know, which is, it's okay. You know, it's totally okay. It's not fun, but, uh, and I know, I know where it's coming from. Like, I'm, I feel like I'm tapping into, you know, the collective on how heavy it is right now, how much pain and suffering there is in the world right now, how much darkness, how much illusion, how much, you know, and so tapping into that and really becoming aware of it, which is, I, I seek that out. I want to know what's going on. I want to fully understand you know, what's going on and what the problem space looks like, because that, you know, it, becoming aware of the darkness improves and expands my capacity for light. That's how I look yeah, at it. Yeah, beautiful. Right? 
Yeah. So, but that requires me going into the darkness. And so that yeah. that's kind of on the macro level, but I, it happens in the, the micro level personally as well. It, the more you can go into your own darkness and explore those dark corners of your soul again with compassion and love and curiosity, the more that, that it releases those holds on you and the more you can expand into your light and your brightness and shine your light and live in that light space. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And we have the tools now, like the resources and the tools to meet in particular trauma. Like we mm. brought up the word trauma. Yeah, it's huge. So for anyone listening, you know, I don't want to give the impression that this, you know, this is something that you can do on your own now, you know, like getting support and learning how to resource ourselves. I'm doing this because touch is one of the fastest ways to send a signal of safety to your brain. So we get out of that stress response mm. and into that more coherent state. Yeah. So we, we have the tools of how to resource ourselves as we're meeting this trauma and this, all of this. Totally. And yes. And then we can shine. And I love what Gabor Mate says. Mm. I love Gabor Mate Me so too. much. He's genius. He's genius. And, yeah. and he says any trauma that we can see, we can heal. Yes. Any trauma that you can become aware of, you can heal it. And that those words are so encouraging. Mm, totally. And then letting the light. It's yeah. like sometimes we can be so loyal to our sadness and our trauma and our, that's like, I'm not allowed to like, yeah, <laughs> be happy. Well, I have to like sad, sad. You become attached but, to it. Yeah, my teacher said that to me one day. He's like, I was trying to tell him something and I was like shutting him out so I could go back into a dark place. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 sad, sad, sad. And I was like, oh my God. Calling you out on it. I love it. I love it. It's so true. We get identified with our sadness or our anger or our fear, whatever it is. And, and so moving beyond that and letting it go is terrifying because again, the question is, if I'm not this angry, sad person, who am I? Right? Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. terrifying. So you'd so many people would rather hang on to their anger or their sadness because it's familiar, even though it's uncomfortable and painful, rather than move out of it into the unknown. To keep that identity. To keep, keep the, the identity. Story because intact. Keep the story intact and it's an illusion of safety, right? Yeah. Wow, we're covering some huge ground here. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So good. So good. So good to see you. So I'm curious, like more about your journey. So how did you end up where you are servicing clients? Like what is your practice? What are you doing? Yeah. So shortly after that retreat, which was obviously a pivotal point for me, mm -hmm. um, I, I was already back at work. So the twins were one, they were just one when I met them, when, when I met Gangaji and Eli. Right. But when I came back from that retreat, very quickly after that, I left my job. Mm. Like it was just this deep, very deep awareness of like, okay, I can't, I can't pursue anything that isn't really authentic anymore. Mm. And in full alignment. In full alignment, even though it was terrifying, like it yeah. was letting go of a, you know, a title. Yeah that had a lot of status and <laughs> benefits. <laughs> you know, the hook, 
like the, yeah. the hooks were very easy to see at that point. And I also knew that this coming into mindfulness and back to meditation and diving into these, this understanding, this self-recognition was mm. totally where my heart was at. Yes. And so I started writing and then people started asking, do you do sessions? And I was like, well, I, I mean, I could meet with you. And I, for, so for a year I met with people by donation. Awesome. Just to listen and talk. And I was so connected to these, um, just this awareness. I don't even want to say teachings because mm. there's no teaching. It's mm. really just cutting through to what is really, what's the motivation right now in this moment? Mm. Totally. Now, are you trying to get something? Are you trying to hide from something? Yeah. Or are you are you just, <clears throat> you know, fully here? Yeah. And and then it kind of grew. I started teaching mindfulness classes in Golden here. So this was in 2015. Cool. And then I went to Ashland, Oregon, and did their did Eli's two year program oh wow okay in like enneagram and clinical hypnotherapy actually wow amazing but it's all using self-inquiry it's all rooted in self-inquiry so it's really working with the client and you know all the resources are within the client right yes exactly they have all the answers they have all the answers yeah yeah exactly that's how I look at it. It's and for me, that's what coaching is, is just is holding up the mirror so they can see their blind spots and and asking them the difficult questions that other people won't ask them and then holding them accountable for what they say they want, you know. Those yes, the, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> yes, that's it. And, that's it. and that, that question, what do you want? Yeah. You know, Eli will ask that and Gangaji too, they ask that question, what do you want? Yeah. And for me that that brings such a focused inquiry of Mm. if there was any egoic want happening, Mm. I can call myself on that. Yeah. I can say, Oh, I want, um, I want approval. Yeah. In some way I'm wanting approval. And then it's like, what do I want even more than that? Mm. It's like, I want, I want to be self-approved. Yes. (laughs) Self-anointed. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah and then there's no there's no neediness leaking out yes wow yeah. beautiful yeah so and the so- practice so my coaching practice kind of built around that and and i actually did another um counseling program here in british columbia and i just finished that last summer cool. just to add to the skills and because mm. i am working with a lot of people with trauma and right pretty intense, pretty intense depression, anxiety, PTSD, that kind of thing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you, that's incredible, by the way, thank you for all the work you're doing in the world. Um, How do you manage to keep grounded, you know, because you're taking on a lot of heavy energy, right? So do you have a practice to sort of release that or come back to center? What, What do you do to stay grounded? Well, truthfully, this was one of the other reasons I got in touch. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. I love this. Raw, authentic. (laughs) This is it. Straight up. No filters. Yeah. I mean, it's, 
it's always changing. I think I have to be so aware of tuning into what's here, how I'm feeling mm. and huge self-care. Yes. You know, like I get up in the morning and do yoga most mornings. Right. And I meditate every day, once or twice a day at least. Right. And you have to um, ske schedule that because you're busy. You got to schedule that in, you know. I get up at six. Like I yeah. get up before the kids get up. There you go. And do that. And and then, you know, what I eat and drink. Mm, so I'm careful important. of. I still have one cup of coffee in the morning. Mm. But everything else is pretty, I'm running the machine very clean. And that, that goes a long way in how I, yeah, just how I can be, how I can hold all of that. And, and watching what I'm holding too, because I can be a bit of a reservoir, mm. my own emotions and other people. So Totally, me too. I cry. <laughs> Good like, for you. Like so often I'll drop the kids off at school and come home and like, <laughs> it, I mean, we're laughing about it now, but I do. It's like that emotion just, I don't, I don't even know what it is often, but it can feel like the world's grief mm. and I have to let it out. Otherwise I'm just cranky. Yeah. Good for you. And, and recognizing that and allowing yourself to feel it and let that energy flow through you, even if it's challenging or painful, you know? Oh, yeah. I, again, people want to close off. They don't want to let, don't want to feel that negative or that painful emotion. And they don't want to look weak in front of other people or, you know, and so they don't do it and then they bottle it up. And then what happens? It manifests in other ways that are unhealthy, like yeah. disease or addiction or depression or an accident or something. Oh, yeah. Right. Or just being off for the rest of the day. Or just being off. Yeah. Or low energy, anything. Yeah. The low energy. And then you get a headache and you think, uh, you actually have a headache. So you yeah. take a Tylenol and yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. like it's, slippery slope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And what about you, Pat? I know that we, we probably don't want to, we could go on forever, but, <laughs> but I want to know what are you doing to keep yourself centered and grounded? Yeah. The same, same as you, I have like a non-negotiable practice where it's scheduled in every day. I ha meditate, I journal, uh, I have some sort of movement. Most often days it's, it's, uh, surfing, which is beautiful because it's also a communion with nature. You know, it's great exercise and I'm in the sun I'm in the water. It's just a beautiful way to, to get that into my routine. Uh, but those are my main practices, journaling, meditation, movement, and then obviously eating as I don't drink alcohol anymore, which is awesome. Uh, Amazing. Really strict. Congratulations. My, yeah. Thank you. It's, uh, that was a big, big part of my life for a long, long time. Uh, and now it's like, it's, it's not like, um, I never said I'd never drink again. It's just, I feel so good. Why would I ever want to cloud that with something as boring as alcohol? I know what it gets me. I know where it goes, you know, and most often in, in the later stages anyways, three days of hangover and depression and eating shitty food, you know, yeah. so I, I, I don't want to waste my life doing that anymore. There's, I have too many important things to do, you know? Yeah. And so yes. I want to show up with my A game every day. That's another thing that a friend told me. He's like, when I was first getting off of alcohol or thinking about it anyway, he had done it like two years earlier. I'm like, dude, how did you do it? He's like, I wanted to show up with my A game every day and not miss a day. I'm like, you're right. I, I'm not showing up with my A game. Maybe I have it once a week, you know? But what, what would happen? How good could I get? How much positive impact could I have? 
you know, how many people could I affect if I had my A game every day? Mm. You know, and so that's what motivates me to to ground and to center every morning because then I can operate from that place of grounded of foundation of wholeness and move into that world that way. And then people can feel that energy when, regardless of what I'm doing, whether it's a post or performing music or just having a conversation, they can tune into that energy, whether they realize they're doing it or not. Mm-hmm. See, even unconsciously, they can feel a grounded presence in me that they're like, holy shit, you know, that, that, that might invite them to take the next step in their journey. Right. And so it's constantly <sighs> rippling outward from that centered foundation that I cultivate every morning. What a beacon. You are <laughs> such a beacon of light. It's it, so, so beautiful. And oh, you faced so much of why you needed to numb out. Mm. Like it sounds like you're, you've done the work. You're doing the work. It's, a, it's an ongoing process. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Definitely. <of course. laughs> Definitely. But thank you. Yes, it has been. And you as well. Like I, Laura, I felt in you, you know, when we connected many, many years ago, the depth of your connection to source, you know, just Mm -hmm. so true and beautiful. And it came through in your voice on the end, that performance when we recorded, it was like, wow, this is a powerful woman. And we had a moment where, you know, our souls saw each other and on some deep level, you know, and it's been 20 plus years since we've connected. So this is such an honor and a pleasure just to to be with you in this space and let's continue this conversation i think this is just the beginning for us you know to help each other out and move into the world more powerfully in collaboration yes i'd love to and that feels so nourishing and awesome yeah so that's really wonderful so good to see you so good to see you not to put you on the spot more than i already have by jumping Uh, this podcast on you, uh, but would you be open to sharing your voice in some way, like with a song, maybe? <laughs> I'm laughing. I'm like, oh gosh. So what's coming up for you right now? Is it super triggering? No, it's not super triggering. It's more like, what have, what have I got yeah. right on the off the? Well, what do you got? <laughs> <laughs> And listen, it's totally cool if it's if it's not in alignment for you right now. We can do it another day. Tune in. You know, there is there is something there, but it feels like it needs a bit of time. Okay, fair enough. But there is, I touched something that was like, yeah. So awesome. thank you for that invitation. And My pleasure. And thank you for being honest with yourself and with me. Yes. And, and honoring where you're at, you know? Yeah. And I'm excited for when that, when that comes out. <laughs> beautiful. Yes. So am I. I can't wait. Because <laughs> you do have a beautiful voice and you channel source so beautifully. So Laura Shaw. Wow. What an honor it's been to reconnect with you. And again, I think feel like this is just the beginning of more collaboration. And so uh, do you want to let people know where they can find you? Yeah, please reach out. I love to hear where people are at on their journey and how this conversation, if you've listened to this, you know, any insights or questions or I'd love to hear from you. And I know you would too. Mm -hmm. Um, so my website is probably the easiest starting point and it's just laurapshaw.com. 
Okay. So com, And yeah. And, and you can find, find me through there. That's probably the quickest road. Excellent. I will of course put that all in the show notes. Uh, I have one more question before I let you go. And this is what I like to ask my guests right at the end. If you took all of your learnings, all your wisdom learned, all your knowledge, all your experience, and you distilled it down into one message or one sentence, what would it be? All there is, is love. Aho. Mm. Uh-huh. Beautiful. Laura Shaw, thank you so much for spending this time with us today. Super appreciate you. See you. Thank you for all the work you're doing in the world, all the healing you're facilitating. You're amazing. Mm. And thank likewise, you. likewise. Mm. Thank you so much. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. Okay. okay. All right. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. And if you enjoyed the show, please do subscribe, rate, and review. For more information and show notes, head on over to being-podcast.com. We'll see you next time. And remember, live your being.